the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's amore for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for a very special interview, uh, an interview that we, I guess, haven't really done before, and that's kind of a, a coach interview ahead of an Olympic Games for a team that's about to go to the Olympic Games. Obviously, we've had many guests on this show several weeks out from attending an Olympic Games and representing their country at the Games. This is a little bit different, and particularly for a youth Olympics, because we're a week away from going to Gangwon, South Korea. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been told that's how you pronounce it. I've been saying Gangwon, but I think it's actually Gangwon. So if I'm pronouncing that correctly now, yay. If I'm not, apologies. I'll get there eventually. But we are going to the Winter Youth Olympics next week in South Korea. And as you are well aware, we've talked about it in the show before, Australia will be sending a team, an ice hockey team, to these games. Now, this is our first ever fully-fledged Aussie ice hockey team at any version of the Olympics since 1960. That is how long it has been since Australia has represented themselves and not been part of, say, a mixed team or a co-team at the Olympic Games. You've got to go all the way back to 1960 at Squaw Valley, where the men's team, of course, represented Australia at those Olympics. But we have an Aussie team in the 3x3, the 3x3 Olympic team in the girls' tournament, and this team will be coached by the one, the only, Remy Harvey. Now, Remy has an esteemed career herself in the sport of ice hockey in Australia, not just as a coach, but as a player. She's represented Australia. She's won titles in the National League. She's she's done it all when it comes to this sport in Australia. I'm one of the, the all-time greats. And her coaching career, her resume is very much stacked. The coach of the National Under-18 team and was selected to lead this team into Korea at the Winter Youth Olympics. And Remy goes over just how she was selected, what to expect, explains a little bit about 3x3 hockey, which is not making its debut. I incorrectly say it's making its debut at these Olympics. It's making its debut in terms of country versus country. So it actually made its debut back in Lucerne at the Youth Olympics where we had a mixed cross-ice tournament where essentially, as you'll hear in this interview, they kind of chose boys and girls from different countries and come together and represent a mixed team. A sport, of course, which also Australia has won medals in. We've had four medalists at the Winter Youth Olympics across the years. But Remy explains the sport, says what this will mean for the sport in Australia because a lot of great things are happening in ice hockey in Australia very much recently. We had the NHL visit Australia in the last six or so months. Of course, we've had Nathan Walker, our only Australian NHL player still over there in the US playing as well. So a lot is happening in this sport and just what this will mean to it and what to expect. What can we expect from this sport? How does she think we will do? what the music is going to be played, what the team name is, and some very quirky, unique coaching aspects that she has out there on the ice to help the girls play. So it's very exciting. It's a great chat. You're going to get a lot out of this. Here's our chat with Australian ice hockey coach, Remy Harvey. We're a week away from the Winter Youth Olympics for 2024. It's a double Olympic year, everybody, of course, is thinking about Paris a little bit later this year, but we know there's a Youth Olympics and we're so excited to be covering our very first Winter Youth Olympics on Off the Podium this year. And very excited on the Australian side of things for a bit of history because for the first time since 1960, Australia has an ice hockey team going to an Olympic Games. Now, we haven't not had representation in the sport, of course. We've had 
Many athletes compete individually and as part of mixed teams at the Winter Youth Olympics since their inception in 2012. But at the upcoming Games in Korea, we will have a fully-fledged Aussie team flying the Australian flag at an Olympic Games for the first time since Grenoble in 1960. And we are so excited today to be able to speak to the coach of that side, the girls' 3 by 3 team that will be wearing that flag in Korea, Remy Harvey, joining us on the line to learn a little bit about her career as well as the sport and what we can expect from this team heading into Korea. First of all, Remy, welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so pumped for this because we are a co-Canadian-Australian show. So as you can imagine, on that side of the world, they talk about this sport a lot. It's kind of a big deal for them. But on this side, we are champions for the sport of ice hockey, hockey, whichever way you want to refer to it. I've been a massive fan of this sport my entire life. So any opportunity to talk about it, I'm so glad. And particularly now that we can say, as I said, in that long-winded introduction, we've got a team, Remy. We're going to the Olympics. This is exciting. How are you feeling right now, knowing that you're leading this team to uh, sort of bring back the Australian flag as a team at the Olympic Games? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. And it's, like you said, everyone... Everyone loves loves hockey, loves ice hockey if they get exposure to it and they they see it. And so, um, hockey's been um, in my family and um, been part of my life since I was about five years old. So it's you know hockey is a huge history for me. And so the fact that I've you know sort of graduated through the sport, played a lot, um, still playing here and there, but now coaching at a national level and. Um, yeah, the, the fact that um, the AOC and Isaac Australia trust me to um, to take this team away is honestly an absolute honour. And I'm so excited for the girls to get the honour to wear the, the Aussie flag on their jersey. Which we'll, we'll refer to it from this point on as hockey, obviously, for our Australian side. It's got that weird ice field kind of thing. It's kind of like when I interview a Canadian field hockey player, it's kind of that, that weird side of things. But if I'm not mistaken, your parents met at the rink. Is this true? Yeah, my parents um, ice skated at Canterbury Ice Rink, which is currently closed, hopefully opening in a few years. But um, yeah, they, um, my, my dad played, my mum skated, um, and yeah, they were just teenagers that hung out at the rink on a Friday night, and that's how they met. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's what people did back then, didn't it? I mean, I remember growing up in Tassie, and I was, I'll say for our video, I'm wearing, proudly wearing the Van Diemen's Tasmanian Ice Hockey Team shirt which uh sadly we don't really have anywhere to play right now in tasmania but uh hopefully that will get fixed but yeah i remember a friday night in our tiny little dinky rink that we had for most of my life friday night you'd have sort of go along there and kind of have fun and, and do you have memories of that sort of growing up being exposed to the ice and, and i guess what was it about hockey that it drew you to rather than some of the other ice sports yeah i mean um when like Macquarie Ice Rink was my local rink when I was a kid, and so that was sort of our our Sunday afternoon activity when I was quite young. We we go ice skating, um, and I actually I knew my parents ice skated, but I didn't know that my dad played hockey. So did my mom, and they were huge hockey fans. Um, and I I was doing ice skating lessons. I loved it. Um, I was into a lot of the art and singing and dancing. So they, I think they thought I was going to be a figure skater and I absolutely love figure skating, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, and I just, I saw a hockey game one day um, at the end of a session and they were just getting on and I just thought it was awesome. They got all this padding and got to, you know, kind of hit each other around. And um, yeah, I was really drawn to it. I liked skating fast, liked being nice and agile. Um, and yeah, I sort of, uh, when I was about seven or eight was when I started um, actually playing hockey and, wasn't until then where my dad joined in with me and started passing a puck around and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's in the family. Um, and it's really cool that we get to do it together. I love hearing a different history from an Australian hockey fan. than I watched the mighty ducks and I got into it because I'll be honest, that's me. I was of age and that's how I got into it. But it's, it's interesting when I mean, you even speak to obviously Nathan Walker and he's kind of the same, <laughs> right? Like I watched the mighty ducks and now he's our only ever NHL player, but it's it's I love that I love that kind of history around that 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 comes from that and and I mean what do your parents say when you do say I I want to be a hockey player I don't want to do figure skating and particularly like your dad's obviously joining you in there but are they happy are they a bit concerned because obviously this is a little bit more rougher and tumbler than it is on the figure side figure skating side of things 
Oh, they loved it. Like, I think dad <laughs> thinks he hit the jackpot. Like, I'm, I'm an only child, um, you know, and I think they they love it. They would have supported me either way. Um, they support me in whatever I do. But, um, yeah, the fact that we get to do it together, we pass the puck around even still now. Um, my One of the first sort of uh, kind of state rep teams I took away, my dad was my assistant coach because he's just one of my huge mentors. So it's, yeah, they they love it. They're so, they're so happy that, um, that hockey's my sport. Was it a lot of following the AIHL? Was it the NHL? A bit of both? I mean, kind of what was sort of the, the, the fandom, I guess? Because, I mean, sort of back then in what the early 2000s, it's not like it is today where you can just sign up to NHL TV, AIHL TV and, and watch it. It was, it was quite difficult watching uh, any form of hockey back in those, those days. Yeah, back then, kind of one of the main hockey rinks for, uh, for Sydney was, was Blacktown Ice Arena, mm. which is not with us anymore. But, um, and so... The Sydney Bears and the Sydney Ice Dogs both played out of there. And, um, yeah, I idolised those guys. Um, and a few of them actually coached me when I was, um, yeah, learning how to play hockey at Macquarie. Um, and so that was sort of – that was my main exposure. I, um, I I got into the NHL when I was a little bit older, and we watch NHL here and there. A lot of sort of, um, yeah, old DVDs and, and stuff like that to try and find stuff. Um, but – um, honestly, like the, mo- the most exposure I got was I used to go to the rink basically every every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday, and um, even sometimes during the week to to watch some of the trainings and stuff. And yeah, the AI boys was probably the the biggest thing that um, I took in. And then as I got older, um, we had um, so I might get the dates wrong, but around uh, 2000 was when we. Um, had a the first women's team a, a australian women's team where that program started um and so i remember being quite young and i got introduced to a few of those girls um who are now my my teammates or, or ex-teammates but um so yeah i really looked up to um yeah people that had played um in for, for the aussie team because we didn't have a women's national league we had a tournament here and there but i wasn't super exposed to that so um until i was a bit older so yeah it was very much local local talent before, I, before I touch on that i gotta ask the standard question uh who's your aihl team and who's your nhl team well um i grew up playing for the bears okay so um i think yeah i have to say the sydney bears <laughs> yep. um and uh the nhl team is kind of hilarious because um I didn't have an NHL team. I just liked watching it uh, for ages. Um, and some of the boys in my team gave me a little bit of smack for not having an NHL team. So I still remember the day when my mom sat me down with all the NHL team logos <laughs> on a computer screen. <laughs> and I liked the the Calgary logo the most. My favorite color is yellow. So I'm a Calgary Flames fan. I'm a diehard. I'm going to stick by the boys <laughs> until we... Um, until we keep going, so yeah, I'll it, keep supporting him. I like you even more now because I was going to say you hurt my feelings when I read a post of you being at the NHL recently that you adopted Collingwood. That hurt, but it's it's on that side of thing. I, I I mean I cheat when I go for two NHL teams. I'm a I'm a Ducks and a Flames fan, but I mean if you absolutely force my hand, I would be a Flames fan. I always struggle when we've got a guest on this show when I've got multiple clothing that I could wear. I was going to wear a Flames jersey, but then I thought like. Mm could kind of go a different direction let there. me know i could have got my flames hat damn we, we well let's start again basically but that makes me happy <laughs> remy i'm glad so uh that, that 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 that's moving on with the positives on this on this interview J- just on that national representation though the mighty jills i love the, i love any australian nickname of any of our sporting teams i know the mighty ruse for the men mighty jills for for the women what was that pathway then for women to make the national team before a national league was it a case of just local competitions representation did they get drawn from playing overseas how did that work back then before there was the awihl um i'm not entirely sure to be honest because by the time i was um yeah trying to make the team there was at least a national tournament and the aw was starting to be born um but i just i remember um training before one of their training camps and so I'm assuming they definitely had had camps where they bring everyone together. Um, and they we had a women's national tournament every year. Um, so that was kind of where all the all the big talent came. And yeah, there was obviously girls overseas as well here and there. But um, I think it was generated a, a lot locally. Um, and it was I think that was one of the huge successes was um, Kathy Berg, one of the coaches that, that did that. It was 
um, really had to generate from almost nothing, um, which is really awesome. And we're seeing, obviously, the rapid progression of, of the women's side of things around the world. We're obviously seeing now finally a professional league in, in North America and, and everything along those lines. I, mean, I can imagine sort of on the coaching side of things, this may be jumping a little bit ahead, but are you seeing that participation among young girls now increasing because of that more exposure back, particularly, say, when, when you were growing up? I mean, I guess what is the current state when it comes to getting girls and not just girls, but anybody in Australia really juniors into the sport because it is obviously a very fringe sport in the entire country. Yeah. Um, what I want to say about that first is the most, the coolest thing for me as a coach is when I, I'm huge on goal setting and mindset and talking through um, what girls want to do. And when I speak to young girls now, making a U18s team and making um, the Australian senior team is now on their goals because it, there's, they've been exposed to it. They know it's possible. They see their friends and older kids going to selection camps and training camps. They, they see the exposure of, of everyone um, being involved. And so that is one of the biggest changes that I've seen over the past five, 10 years is that it's actually something that people want to do because they've seen it. So, um, think that in general is um increasing player retention because it's fun everyone like when girls go away or boys everyone anyone goes away to um a training camp and there's 20 to 40 people in the same room you become a massive family you've got friends from all over australia now you know that that just wrap that um for me the u18s program has is um just so awesome and it wasn't only me that started there's a bunch of people that, that were involved to, to do it and um just the the fact that the girls want to be involved um, has, has really helped. Um, and now I think also exposure. I mean, having having female coaches didn't used to be very common either. So now there's um, not just myself. There's many there's many strong female coaches in Australia um, at the moment. So um, people people see us on the ice. People see the the Sydney Sirens or the Perth Inferno or people playing and advertising their games and getting people to come. And um, that's really helping, I think, uh, girls wanting to be involved. Um, and, yeah, hockey's an addictive sport. So once they once they get on the ice, I think, um, yeah, the story writes itself, really. But so just, yeah, ex the exposure, I hope it keeps going as well. Um, and I hope from us going to um, Korea and, and all these things, I hope it keeps growing. Had you harbored an ambition for coaching sort of through your playing career? Yeah, I always loved help, helping people. Um, my The Bears, when I played the local club, um, had a mentoring program as part of um, when, you're, when you're a young player. And so when I was about kind of 14, I was allowed, or even younger maybe, I was allowed to come out and just help the younger players. Um, and not coaching exactly, but just be there. Um, and again, exposure, seeing that someone is, is already playing. Um, and so that sort of grew. And then every year I just wanted to get more and more involved. And so I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of development league coaching, a very grassroots coaching when I was um, still still under 18, just to, to help out um, as, as much as I could. Um, and I think I just, I really liked helping people. So then when it, became possible for me to take teams and do different things and become more involved um, as the U18s hockey program was sort of for females was getting really established and started. I was kind of aging out of the program. I was kind of 19, 20. Um, so then I became more of a coach in training and a mentor and then sort of graduated into that coaching role. So yeah, it kind of was always something that I wanted to do. It's really rewarding. I, I really enjoy being able to, um, to, to help people with their goals and sort of if there's any self-doubt in there to help prove to people that they can do something. Is it a case of, I mean, you still play, if I'm not mistaken, so it's kind of balancing yeah. the play and the coaching side of things, but is it a case of, not to age you because you're still very young, Remy, but like in terms of just the older you get that that mindset kind of does switch more to the coaching side of things and you sort of play yourself out of playing, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think... Um, I think I'll do both as long as I can, but um, especially like this year, I've um, really taken a step back. Um, I unfortunately had had an injury um, this year, so it sort of 
forced me to step back, but then I've kind of stayed back because I've had a lot of, um, yeah, exciting coaching opportunities. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll always play whether or not it's, you know, at a high level or not. I'm, I'm really fortunate to be, um, on representative teams as coach and player. Like that's really, really weird. Um, Hmm. but I, I love it. Um, and, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the future holds directly but i hope i can still keep playing and yeah the more i coach the more i love it so that's not going anywhere well speaking of not going anywhere i mean you're going to korea that's one place you are going somewhere that's a interesting segue ben but i mean how, how does this opportunity come obviously you know you're, you're coaching the under 18 girls but when it came to the aoc tapping you on the shoulder and just being like hey remy january want to go to korea uh like i mean <laughs> how did how did that opportunity come about um yeah, still kind of pinching myself, not going to lie. Um, I, I've been involved, like I said, I've been involved for a really long time in all the different um, development camps for, for U18 girls. Um, and so there was a camp um, that they held that was sort of aimed at identifying potential girls to go away um, for, or just, yeah, what what is our talent pool for, um, for the Youth Olympics, basically? And we had the age groups that were set um and so that sort of got organized and then i got invited to come along and help um and that was just helping like i didn't really know <laughs> didn't didn't realize that what what that might turn into um and then yeah i had a really good time doing that um and yeah really enjoyed working with everyone um and then a couple of weeks later um or a month or so later i got um yeah got, got a call saying hey <laughs> Uh, what, what do you think about this? Which is, um, yeah, like I said, still pinching myself. It's um, it's an honour. And I know there's so many people that um, the AOC and ISIS Australia could have, could have put in this position. So, yeah, I really hope I do it justice. And, yeah. Did you, I mean, were you aware, I guess, of kind of the history in a way? Because as I sort of said in the intro, in terms of an actual representation of Australia as a country, in the sport of ice hockey. This is our first time since 1960 at, at the Olympics when obviously our, our men went and, and we didn't do fantastically, but we still competed in the Olympic Games. But, I, I mean, were you aware of, of that history, that what this was creating by sending this team to Korea? Oh, definitely. I think everyone everyone in the Aussie hockey community um, knows that there was a time when, even if we don't know the year, we know that, you know, we, we did go to the Olympics and it did happen, um, even though it was before most of us were born, you know, <laughs> but it's something that, um, yeah, definitely not, definitely not lost on me. And, um, I think the, yeah, um, just the opportunity and the fact that we qualified, um, regardless of who's going and who's involved is just something that the entire sport can be proud of. T- tell us a bit about 3x3 hockey, because it's obviously making its debut at the youth olympics they're, they're removing the skill challenge which i mean australia as sort of i touched on we have won medals at, at olympics in the sport of ice hockey in the skills challenge but is this like a 3x3 basketball which just less players faster game like i mean can you give us a bit of an overview of this version of the sport yeah my understanding um when i watched the the three-on-three basketball it's you know the the concepts are very similar and how they've taken the game and, and changed it um and i the outcomes I think are, are quite similar. So um, three on three, three teams aside, the um, plus a goalie in each end, it's played on third ice, so blue right. line down. They've actually, they'll be um, modifying the playing area to put barriers across the, the, oh, the wow. blue line. So can you, that so we can have, have like multiple games <laughs> going on at once? So there's the rink will permanently be set up with end zone hockey, basically. Right. Um, so... Yeah, we and that was one of the things that we we're talking about with the girls when we were uh, preparing is that we could be playing, I don't know, Turkey and Korea could be playing someone down the other end. Wow! So the crowd could be cheering, not even about your game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, which you know, distraction management really important. Um, so yeah, they're they're basically they're they're modifying it um like that so that there's more puck touches so that it's nice and fast. Um. The biggest thing that stands out to me um, from my hockey experience is they've really limited the number of face-offs and puck drops. Um, the, the whistle, if a goalie saves it, the attacking team has to retreat quite quickly. Oh. And then the goalie um, and, you know, 
really excited for all goalies out there. The, the goalie gets to initiate the breakout pass and oh, have wow. to, and so we've actually been doing a lot of work with um, with our two goalies. Um, that you know they were already quite good at handling the puck, but just that responsibility of you you have to be able to to, to nail a good pass. So um, just it it's really interesting because it um, it just creates different pressure if that makes sense yeah um so yeah that's the biggest thing that stood out for me there's a there's a lot more things um are the, the periods the shorter is it still like three periods or are they like a lot yeah. shorter or yeah still three periods um yeah the the penalties if you have um so the the shifts are kind of like time so it's 45 second shifts wow and you have to like skate off there's no face off it's just like you have to sprint off and as soon as you know crazy um, yeah, it's it's really it's it's interesting. Um, if you get a penalty, um, nothing happens in that shift, but in the next shift, it's three on two. Wow. Okay. So so it's three on ice and still a goal. So there's technically four, or is it two? Yeah. Okay, got that. I mean, this is where like I'm sad that the Tasmanian rink shut down because our rink was small. I would say blue line size anyway, and we played three on three hockey with the goalie. So I'm just saying right now, this is was Tasmania's time to shine. We could have, you know, if our rink still still existed. Is this a format that is played often or is this a format that you've never actually seen played and this will be the first time you see it at the Youth Olympics? So it was played in the 2020 Youth Olympics um, and and that was when we we had four Australian girls go to that in the mixed team. Right, um, okay. And a whole bunch of different teams. So, um really lucky in that sense because I've been talking to a lot of those girls to ask their experience and been getting um there wasn't a whole lot of footage from their only um highlight videos so I was actually really lucky that one of the girls their parents went and were in the stands and took a lot of video right so I've got a whole bunch of uh of footage from that um and sort of the the thing about about that tournament my understanding is you know they it was mixed teams so the girls were all put together when they got there and the coaches were you know organizing things when when they could but they basically met each other two days before the tournament so the now they're using that exact same format they've tweaked the rules here and there um but now that exact same format full full teams are going away so we have a chance to prepare and I've never really dissected a three-on-three game. Like, we we do it all the time in training. It's a very popular training exercise, you know, more more hits, more touches, more shots, more goals. Um, it's super popular. We played a lot in Australia for a lot of um, sort of in-house and, and summer comp. Uh, so does, you know, uh, all over the world. Um, but I've never actually analysed it and really tried to think about the plays and the different characteristics and the things that we need to bring. So, yeah, that's been interesting. Which I can imagine as a coach challenging, but it sounds like it's more of a open playing field that, you know, it's not just going to be an Australian issue. This sounds like it's going to be a world issue that, you know, mm. a team from Turkey, you know, Korea, all the other countries that will be there, that this makes it a little bit more open, that you're not just going to go into this and go, well, the final is going to be between the USA and Canada, like as we often see in women's hockey, right? Like just put your house on it. So uh, to me, that must make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, lots of people have asked me where I think we'll, like how I think we'll go. And um, because of the the nature of the game, my honest answer is I'll tell you after <laughs> after I see everyone because I, you know, I, I know where we sit and I can tell you on the world circuit and five on five. And, but it's the, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the game's different. And um, I've been seeing here and there um, all the different countries have been holding training camps, just like how we've been doing and, they're trying to develop their three-on-three game, um, which is really cool. I love being able to analyze a game that I've played for a very, very long time. I love being able to analyze that in a new way and trying to figure out new things. So with the squad of 13 that go with you, are these players that are already representing Australia on, on the under-18 circuit? Are some of these new? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about some of the squad that will represent Australia at the Games? Yeah, of course. Um, so the the cool thing about the Youth Olympics is um, the the hockey, the IIHF basically have um, the, the federation for, for ice hockey. They have said um, specific age groups. So they only want 2008, 2009 born girls. So that's 14 and 15 year olds. Meaning that, you know, um, for you to to represent Australia at age 14 and 15 is, you know, we do have girls that do it, but 
you know, our under 18 team is normally has more 15, 16, 17 year old girls. So, um, you know, the, there are, I think four girls who have represented Australia before, um, but they went to one tournament. Um, and so they're, they're coming up for their, their second year this year. So it's, it's really cool to see, um, a lot of, a lot of girls who are, um, you know, up and coming and, um, they're in the U18s program and they're working really hard that they're, they're basically getting their first, um, international tournament at the moment. At an Olympics, if you don't mind. Why not? You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, just put it, put it on the resume. I mean, have you worked with many of them before? Yeah, most of them I, I had, um, just few through sort of um either coaching in new south wales or state tournaments or selection camps um here and there the hockey community in australia is fairly small <laughs> um so but there were a few that, that i hadn't met yet so um yeah i mean you've got hannah Cryan, tara baker sophie reader um and georgia watts well the three of them have already have played for Australia um, before, and then um, oh, and Johanna Meisner, sorry, Johanna. Um, they've already played. They've played for Australia at the beginning of this year, um, and they'll be re- returning again next year. And then we've got um, Georgia Watts and Olivia Gargano, who are playing um, their first years as um, Team Australia U18 players and also Youth Olympics. Wow. Um, and then the the rest of the team are representing Australia for the, for the first time, but that doesn't undercut them at all. They're all excellent. They're just they're young, so you know there's only so much I can't, international hockey you can have when you're 13, 14. I, and it's just I can't imagine what that will be like as an experience of that of representing Australia but doing it in the Olympics because I mean you know in all realistic nature of things that I mean the state of where we are obviously in the world stage of, of hockey. I mean, this realistically is probably maybe the, the, the only chance they're going to get in Olympics. So it's sort of, it's a big shot for them and a big sort of moment for, for them to kind of go out there and experience this, which I mean, even for you, Remy, as a coach, of course, too, to be able to sort of experience everything about that, because this is the thing I love about the youth Olympics is they're a little bit more chilled, a bit more relaxed. And obviously we get it, say the, the, the standard Olympics. So, I think it's just going to be such an eye-opening experience for so many people and, and to wear the green and gold, as we keep saying, with the, the Olympic rings and everything. I mean, what a what a January. What a time. What, what a time. What a- and I mean, because you were telling me off air that, I mean, obviously we're recording this a little bit just before the end of 2023, but you're, you've got to go to Spain first. You, you, this isn't just a case of like, oh, I'm just going straight to Korea. I've got a month to prepare. But you, you're going to Spain. You've got a, a tournament that you've got to be involved in there as well. Uh, I mean, how does that with you as a coach, does that, do you like that momentum? Do you like the fact that you've kind of got a tournament to get the coaching brain going a little bit ahead of the Olympics? I mean, yes. However, they're two different tournaments because one's five on five and one's three on three. <laughs> so it's it's quite funny. Um, but I, um, I'm really glad that we, cause like for the, um, the world championships in, in Spain, like we, um, last tournament we actually won division 2a so we're we're getting promoted up to division 1b so where we are playing against some of the um you know some of the strongest teams that we who have we got who do we need to look out for um in uh in the the world championships yeah yeah. um (laughs) game one's against norway oh uh -oh. (laughs) then spain uh poland south korea um and chinese Taipei. ah Except for Norway, we've got them all, right? Come on, easy. <laughs> I, I don't know about the, you know, the Polish hockey community, but I think Australia's, we're on par with him, aren't we? No, I don't know. <laughs> Poland's quite good. <laughs> okay, well, you know, put them aside. Uh, Korea, you know, get a bit of, get, you get a bit of a taste ahead of the, the Olympics. That's probably a good practice, right? Well, that's the thing that the, the girls that are going, like, um, I'm not sure how you know how Korea is doing their um, their youth Olympic team, but there's it's very a very big possibility that we'll be playing against some of those girls that are going to youth Olympics, um, and also just being able to see the style of play. Um, every country has a very solid style of play, so being able to sort of learn from that, and obviously we'll um, 
you know, we're in a high division. We're going to have a lot of pressure on the ice. So those girls that are playing both will sort of be, um, you know, in that in that mindset. They'll always be keeping their head moving. They'll they'll be ready, you know. And then the girls that are joining us, it's the opposite, but in a good way. It's you know they're coming in fresh. They've only focused on the Youth Olympics. There, we've been sending out videos and different things for them to. Um, sort of prepare for and they're all working so hard off the ice so I think it's it's nice that we sort of get to meet up that the whole team in in Korea and go for something completely different you know I don't I don't want you to give away any of your secrets Remy but what's what's Australia style what are we known for out there on the ice um we we never stop we're gritty we we skate hard we battle hard um I actually have one of the um but one of the other team's coaches, her voice is always in my head because she used to say, I hate playing against you guys. Like, <laughs> And they used to beat us, but they, she was like, I hate it because you guys don't stop. And, like, you, we, like, we, you know, might stop our feet moving for one second and you've turned the puck over and you go and score. She's like, I, I absolutely hate playing against you guys. And now, and now she's a coach as well, and she's like, I hate coaching because i know as soon as my girls have one lap like you guys are going to capitalize um so i think and that's that's just true aussie aussie grit right that's in any in anything like we're we're really gritty we just keep going um and yeah i love our battles in in hockey because we know how to use the body um we do it cleanly and legally but we really get in there so um keep on which is everywhere through. you know in front of the net um, in the offensive zone all the time. That's Love Aussie it. hockey. That's that. That's what I want. Which leads me into a very important question. I, I touched on the fact that our national women's team are called the Mighty Jules. What's our national three x three team called? Um. Firstly, the um, the they've actually just done a bit of a rebrand. Oh. So we're the Flyers. Oh, the so Flyers. The okay. Flyers. Just the Flyers. We've dropped the Mighty, so we're just the Flyers, are we? Yeah, we're the Aussie Flyers. Oh, I like um, it. And so the um, the U18s team is called the Junior Flyers. Um, nice. And basically the Flyers is a female kangaroo. Um, True. Yeah. So have they, have they kept the Mighty Roos for the men or have they gone a different direction really for sure. them I as well? So. Okay. Not, I like that, sure, though, the Flyers. And it's, it's obviously yeah. hockey related. So, yeah, you so know. The, the flyers and we um we've done a few uh workshopping of what the the youth olympic team is called and we haven't settled on one yet can you give um, us a teaser of what some of them are i mean everyone you know anywhere from like <laughs> what what was some that came up everyone's trying to think of like the the deadly aussie animals you know like so like blue ring octopus or like you know kind of and so we got to find something that's like, you know, that scary Aussie animal, but also easy to say and makes sense. It's I, the, the problem there. I think so many of them are taken, right? Like it's sort yeah. of because we're, we're such a country that I think it's literally only our men's and women's cricket teams are the only teams that do not have some form of nickname. Although I'm, I'm trying to get our, our moguls team to call themselves the Bumperoos, and I don't know if they've actually adopted that. We have a mascot on the show. I mean, he's kind of behind me. He's really bad positioning. He's a chair. And he got a bit battered. Um, so, I mean, if you want to call yourselves the cherries, put it on the list. But, I mean, it's not really yeah. a, a vicious animal. So take it to the team. <laughs> take, it to, take it to the team. But, I mean, we always kind of need that moniker, don't we, of some sort of name that the, the Aussies can get behind and, and everything along those lines. I, I mean, I will touch on the fact that, you know, you, you're obviously saying before that it was, they were mixed teams back in Lucerne and, and we had a couple of Aussies win, win medals there. And... Mm you know, throughout the history of the Youth Olympics, we've had four medalists when it comes to this sport. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that the skills challenge isn't there anymore because that was so uniquely Youth Olympics. And it's kind of, it's fun because I think the skill side of hockey needs to be showcased like this. And it's, it's fun to see what they can do. Are you sad that we're not seeing this skill challenge anymore? Yes and no. I think um, it's always great to see skills challenges and see how people line up against each other, especially different countries because yeah. the the development is very different um everywhere you go. Um however it's sort of it's one of those things that um it's, you know you can be an excellent hockey player and not have be able to hit the top targets in every single skill. Not saying you shouldn't, but it's you know, I think um sometimes a skills competition, like if if the skills competition isn't there anymore, 
it means that we can focus on that team play and develop skills in that team setting. That's a very coachy answer, but I'm sort of happy that we can keep it a team sport rather than have it individual based. (laughs) Do you have any little coaching quirks that you like, like in terms of bonding sessions let's all do this i mean again the mindset i'm sorry that it's going back to the mighty ducks but it just i'm australian and i grew up on it so why not so i'm thinking are there skill sets where you're using eggs as pucks are you tying your goalie to the net are you going for long rides through californian wilderness going i don't know what i've been told i mean i just i'm putting it out there what what's the remy harvey special when it comes to team bonding as a coach um, nothing like that. So sorry. But, Damn. um, one thing popped into my mind, which she'll laugh and I hope the girls don't mind this, but, um, we, we did a, we did a session, um, on our spirit animals and our hockey ah. spirit animals. And so now I have an entire zoo of, um, of, of, of hockey spirit animals and they all, they, it was a team bonding session and they all kind of came back to me and said, yeah, I'm this animal and this is why, and this is how I show it on the ice. And um, it's actually really become part of the team's preparation. It was originally, it was sort of a, you know, it was a team bonding activity. How do you, what's your identity as a player and how does that show in an animal, you know, but then it sort of just kept going. And now, um, yeah. uh, And that's sort of been my, my main thing as a coach at the moment for the youth Olympics team is because they've really stuck to it and they love it. They love their spirit animals. So, 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 so yeah. I've got to touch on two things of that. One, I want to hear some and you don't need to, to, you know, put the players out there if you don't want to, but, and two, then do you refer to them as those animals? Um, I mean, I don't say, Hey, tiger over here. <laughs> but like, um, I actually like, it's been really good because you can actually, you can have an analogy there. Yeah. Like you can say, oh yeah, like you really need to make sure you're like crossing over speed really fast on the outside. Just, you know, you're a cheetah, remember? So just like how cheetahs go, you know? And so, and it's really, it was really cool because of how it, um, like it's, it is very, it's, it's obvious in the end. Like when someone tells me their spirit animal, I'm like, yeah, of course you are. So it, it's, it really helps me, um, coach, you know, because it just gives me another thing that I can, um, you know, that, that, that I can use to be able to, um, to motivate them. So I really like that. And it's been, it's been really cool. Um, so some examples, um, I've got a cheetah because she's fast. Um, I've got, Oh, I've got a magpie because she's really, because she, she watches and she's more defensive minded. So she protects her nest and she's, you know, um, will fly around and be, you know, not, threatening but if needed like she'll like dive and swoop somewhere actually a, a magpie that you can like if you're not an afl fan so yes i get that yep. hockey magpie hockey magpie yep um and then oh one of my goalies is a shark because she's a hunter yeah. yep i like See it. how all these make sense it does yeah. do you did you give yourself one what's your spirit animal um my my hockey spirit animal has always been a meerkat because ah. i'm very i i watch i wait i look um, and I'm very alert, and I think that's also what I'm like as a coach. I'm I'm, I'm a meerkat. Hakuna um, Matata, so actually... along with that as well, like you know. Sorry. Yeah, Hakuna Matata. Like you just kind of go along. Do you have a Pumba out there as well? Like you know, pairing. I don't have a Pumba, sadly, but you know, Damn. maybe one day. But yeah, so we actually like it became yeah this one throwaway team activity sort of became more, and now all the. The team staff that are going away with me, they have a spirit animal too. Our manager is a kookaburra. You know, it's the whole thing. <laughs> when you guarantee you come back with the goal from Korea, every single team is going to be adopting this moving forward. Like that's 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 the secret, right? I mean, I can't say it's original. I got this off one of my mentors. He always used to talk oh, about Oh, don't tell animals. us that. We think it's original. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you say that. No, no, that's completely a Remy Harvey idea. I love idea. it. It yeah. works and it's very, yeah, I got, um, yeah, all these different animals and it's, it's funny. We had a few girls that said, well, I don't know my identity. I don't know. And so we actually got to talk through them and say, okay, what do you, you know, I see you as this, this and this. Do you agree? Okay. Let's help Fantastic. so-and-so find her animal. You know? Fantastic. I know when I, when I lived in Canada, I worked for a, a junior boys team and I know sort of before games, they would, they would hype themselves up in the room. They had their songs and that often a player each week or a line, you know, the defense, the offense, the goalies, I'd get control of the, 
of the ox, of course, as they called it. Do you, do you have a bit of a, a bonding session around the music? Like, do you get the girls to kind of choose? Or do you have a team song, maybe, that you're on the bus and that's kind of just your, your anthem on the way? I mean, we saw the Matildas had it with Strawberry Kisses recently with Nikki Webster. So I, I don't know. Do you have a song? Uh, we have we have a team, um, a few team speakers, and we've got some some music people that um, really enjoy getting the vibes. So um, I don't want to call it too soon, but um, just from training camps and looking, uh, Taylor Swift is looking pretty, <laughs> looking pretty strong. We everyone loves a good belt, but then at the same time, um, yeah, uh, Frozen makes its way in there a lot, and Disney and okay. girls are great. We have very different sides. It's um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll have a team song. Yep, sure okay. we'll have one, but not sure yet. Not sure yet. So we, we need we need to know that name. We need to know the song. We're just kind of uh, putting it out there with everything along those lines. Uh, I, I mean, Remy, before I let you go, I mean, just obviously with everything that we've touched on, and obviously you said people asking how you're going to go, and you said you'll let us know when you go there. But I mean, how can you sum this up of what this will mean just to the hockey community in Australia? Just to to be able to have, as you said, it's a very close knit community to have everybody no doubt glued to their screens in the, in the coming weeks just to see how the team's going to go and that we do have a side now representing this country, as we've said throughout this interview, on the very highest stage of the sport? Um, I think, I mean, Aussies always band together regardless. Um, we are really, we love coming, like look what happened to the Matildas, right? We love coming behind a, a, a team. And so I, I really hope that it bands everyone together um, for this, where Aussies are almost always the underdogs in ice hockey, and it's it's great. We can you know we can play our game and play really hard, and I really hope that um that yeah the game gives um hockey the uh, the exposure that it deserves in in Australia, and um just really really gets everyone behind behind these girls because they've worked so hard. Um, I've seen a bit of how much they're doing away from their work with me. They're all so dedicated. So, yeah, regardless of um, of what actually happens, I really hope everyone gets behind them and behind the sport even more because we've got talent, we have drive, we have the grit. We just need more exposure and more of it. Well, I was so, going to add on that. I mean, obviously, if you could sit back and look at this experience in, in 50 years' time, do, do you think it is going to be a case of setting something that maybe – we can one day see our senior girl side, our senior men's side, make an Olympics. It's obviously a very difficult path in the sport of hockey to make an Olympic Games. But given on what this is going to expose, we're seeing with the NHL coming to Australia, we're seeing with Nathan Walker making the NHL, these little baby steps that have gone far from the, huh, I watched the Mighty Ducks as a kid to legitimately putting Australia on the map in this sport. Like, would you like to see that growth that maybe we can achieve that one day? I definitely think we can achieve that one day. I think, um, I mean, everyone says we need more money, but funding is something and we need sponsors and we need, we need people that um, want to get behind the sport so that um, it helps develop the sport so that um, attending Olympic qualifiers isn't a huge cost to all players attending different things or just, you know, the cost for becoming a good hockey player yourself, you know, like, there's so many little hurdles in the way, and unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to cost. Um, and I hope that the exposure to this um, helps that, um, and also just inspires a whole lot of people to, um, and a whole lot of girls and boys um, that to give them the drive. I know it's a lot easier to um, get different training opportunities either overseas or in Australia now. Um, and yeah, I hope it just motivates everyone because yeah i think we can do it like one day it's going to be hard but the the aussie hockey style is is different it's a thing and you know we we just have to keep going we we, we definitely need to keep doing it. it's been very inspiring and so looking forward remy to be able to see that green and gold jersey out the ice underneath olympic rings i mean i may be old but i was not alive in 1960 so i did not see that happen in my life <laughs> so to finally be able to see that happen and and experience that remy best of luck with it moving forward we'll be watching everything of course along the way and uh go go bring those cherries a gold medal back home to australia thank you i'm so excited goosebumps got goosebumps and a big massive thanks to remy 
for her time and for Ice Hockey Australia for connecting us there with Remy as well. We really do appreciate it. There's a video version, of course, online as well if you want to check that out. But so fascinating to learn just all the ins and outs of what we can expect from it. Of course, we're going to be covering the first time a Youth Olympics on this show over the next few weeks, and I'll touch on that in just a moment. But what we can expect to see when it comes to this sport and just everything else about it. So multiple games on the ice at the same time. Uh, very, very exciting and a real open playing field, it seems. So this is a chance. We're four medalists in this sport at the Winter Youth Olympics. So maybe we can come home with the first ever time an Australian ice hockey team, a medal at Olympic Games in the sport of ice hockey. So that would be very, very exciting. But we appreciate Remy's time and uh, all the best of luck for her and the girls going into the Winter Youth Olympics. And as I said, we're covering it the next four weeks we are covering the Winter Youth Olympics here from Kangwon, Korea. Kangwon, Korea, Ben. Get your pronunciation correct. So next week, Colin and I will be here to go over a preview episode, go over a little bit about what we can expect, and then we'll come back each week, just like we do during some of the other tournaments that aren't at Olympics, to give you a sort of a weekly review, opening ceremony review, all of those things, because it is a double Olympic year. We know we've got Paris in July of this year, which obviously we're incredibly excited for, but... The Youth Olympics are here first, so we're going to focus a little bit on those and talk about that. Of course, we created history in Lucerne four years ago with uh, Josie Baff winning our very first Winter Youth Olympic gold medal. And if you want to hear that chat we had with Josie a couple of years ago, you can, of course, hear that and hear about what that meant to her. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing how Australia will do. We're sending a record team to the Olympics, 47 Australians are going to the Winter Youth Olympics, which is the biggest team. And, of course, on the Canadian side of things, we will talk a little bit more about that with Colin and find out a little bit more as well. 1,900 athletes from 70 countries across seven different sports will be there in Korea over the next couple of weeks. So we are very, very excited to be able to see how that is all going to play out. So our preview episode next week and then our review episodes following that. We've got a best of in a couple of weeks' time as well. And then we're heading back into some summer athlete interviews where we're going to have a breaker on the show. We're going to have a paratriathlete on the show, obviously going a little bit more into the Paralympic side of things, a, a version of the Olympics that we need to cover a little bit more, and we're looking at doing so a little bit more this year. Uh, we've got an opening ceremony, classic opening ceremony review to get to in a few weeks' time as well, and we've got some other great, huge things happening here on Off The Podium, so stay tuned. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads, TikTok, we're on all of them. And, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts from. So uh, get involved in the show. Big thanks again to Remy for her time. As always, remember the Birmingham Bull, Jason Momoa. You took the words right out of my mouth. Put a sock in it, Mountain. And the most important thing to remember as I say goodbye for the show today is to go left. When the stars make it through Just like pasta, pasta, some water when you dance down the street with the cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, Signore. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli. That's amore, amore, that's amore. amore.